This is the podcast for October 29th, 2010. It's not safe for work. Coming to you live from inside Zombie Lee Atwater's Undead Imagination. It's the special Halloween edition of The Professional Left with Drift Class and Blue Gal. That's where we live now, Blue Gal. <laughs> we live in the we all undead, live. undead imagination of Zombie Lee Atwater's disembodied head. Is that- we do. We do. <laughs> Our entire political process has become Lee Atwater's you know, fever dream. Whatever's well, going I was thinking his- about that this morning because I got a postcard from Barack Obama. Oh, and I got Barack- a phone call from Barack Obama this week, too. Oh. I really need you to vote. I really need you to vote. I really need you to vote. And I realized, you know... This is being directed at two sets of people, mm-hmm. overeducated liberal whites and non-whites, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and, and it occurred to me that we have become, and, and it's, it's very sad, but the Republican Party is the white supremacist party, yeah. literally. And I mean that in the sense of whites wanting their quote-unquote country back. Yes. Wanting to be supreme again, wanting to be in charge. And it's not Barack Obama that is the enemy, so to speak, of that white supremacist. And I don't mean that just in the Klan sense. I mean no. that in the sense of whites being the dominant societal controllers of well, America. Uh, well, but, but let's be clear that the white supremacist movement was – you know, the violent arm of that ideology. Of that ideology, exactly. But that ideology has remained completely intact and abs- and, and ever more threatened. The more, you And know, they're the, threatened not just by Barack Obama, but by the fact that every generation after 1965 mm-hmm. has become more and more and more racially diverse. Well, uh, racially diverse and socially diverse, yeah. sexually diverse. Right, right. You know, and very, diversity it, is the enemy yes. of... The, white America, the white, well, the, the a, a white, solid white America that's in, where whites are in charge of everything. This, you can draw a straight line back from you know this movement straight back to pre-Civil War. You can draw it right through the same Bible, mm-hmm. the same verses, the same yep. chapters. Yep. As we've talked about on this podcast any number of times, you know, if you look at all the racial decisions, um, all the court cases, the Loving's, Loving versus Virginia, mm-hmm. the, the marriage cases, they all are predicated on a biblical assertion that the world should be run by white men, yeah. white Christian conservative mm-hmm. men, mm-hmm. preferably with a southern accent, but right. that's metastasized <laughs> in the last hundred years. And and everybody else should shut the hell up and do what they're told. Right. You know, do what white Women, southern Christian men tell them. Non-whites, everyone yeah. should do what the white Christian men tell them to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's a there's a wonderful comedian named uh, Louis C.K. Um, yes, who, I, I know of him. Yeah, he swears a lot, but his yeah. one of his riffs is, you know, pretty much any time you go back in time, it's great to be white. <laughs> it doesn't matter when. Really, doesn't matter what. You know, it doesn't matter what time period. Does you can go back, you know, two thousand years, and I couldn't speak the language. I don't know what these people are, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the first thing they'd say, oh, you're white. We have a table for you right yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah. And he said, but I don't want to travel forward in time because <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to pay for this shit, <laughs> pay hard for this shit. And but back, you know, it's, it's always been good to be a white man, you know, yep. always been good. Yep. And as bad as it is for a white man, it's it's a hundred times worse for everybody else. Yeah. And that social order is doomed. It's on the wrong side of history. That's yeah. for sure. The trend and, is toward and, ever more diverse 
And Barack Obama is just the, you know, just the the vanguard of that. Yeah. But but that's and the fact that he's half white is yes. oh, delicious. <laughs> it's delicious it's in terms of getting yeah. that getting toward that melting the melting pot that Sharon Angle mm-hmm. likes to talk about. Well, he is, is. The, the poster child for miscegenation. You know, he is he is every oh, southern God. white man's worst. We're going to go to jail. I we swear. Are. Go to hell. We are going to He is every southern white male conservative's worst fucking nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, yep. you know, he has bettered himself and run right past them on the social, you know, on the class scale. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing. So that's why I spent a little bit of my morning today, as I do on some mornings, listening to liberal radio and the indulgence that they have these days is they they let you know they, they have tea parties tea baggers conservatives on the show you know probably not a, 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 a representative cross-section but certainly representative of my experience mm-hmm. and they always come armed with you know one or two facts and they're very angry and they don't don't interrupt me i'm going to make my point and so they make their point and they don't like to be mocked they get very angry when they're mocked you know for being basically fucking idiots mm-hmm. and they make their point and on these shows, usually there's a historian or an economist who just uh, just vaporizes mm-hmm. their stupid assertions. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the, the person usually starts screaming about patriotism and anti-American. And they just they, – they, they come unglued because nobody in their little circle jerk of friends tells them you everything the you believe wrong. is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, everything you wrong. believe is a lie. The people you trust on the radio are liars who laugh at you because you're such a fucking idiot. Yeah. And so they they call with these these to these challenges. It's you the know? Did, it's the ditto heads who are calling. Yeah. Right. And they and then they brush up against reality. Yeah. They brush yeah. up against somebody who's armed with the facts, mm-hmm. who listens to them for a few minutes, lets them get their stupid little you know tirade out of the way. It's okay. Here's all the places where you're wrong. Fact number one: everybody in America, 95 percent of Americans, got a tax break. Fact number two, and just just mm-hmm. disintegrates their argument. And of course, these people can't function. Yeah. You know. Outside of the the place where they're completely right about everything, and they get very angry, and you know the angriest among them, I believe, starts stomping on people's heads. Yes, you know. Yes, but the idea that these people are ever gonna, you know, be 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 coaxed or 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 seduced or persuaded to give up their last little bastion of white supremacy is absurd. Yep. That's never the, the guy who stomped on the moveon.org uh, woman's head asked for an apology from her today. I am of, not making that up. Of course he did. I am not making that up. Yep. And I heard that and I thought, how very Breitbart of him. Yeah. You know, it really is. There is this mold that churns out these... <laughs> um, Small penis GOP thugs mm-hmm. who have figured out that the way to bully someone when you get caught on it is to ramp up fake outrage immediately. Yes. Yes. And Rand no, you need to apologize to me. Oh, you know, you know, I know and, you are, but what am I? Yeah, yeah you know, and yeah. it's Rand Paul's droogies. You know, his yeah. Yeah. his thugs, and yep. and of course, of course, he demanded an apology. You know, yeah. uh, in Chicago, we have uh, several prominent local conservative imbeciles who are bloggers uh, who write for the Breitbart machine. And yep. if you go to their site, you'll find that Acorn is still a sinister organization. Isn't that funny? Acorn and Journalist, which yes. are neither one of which exist anymore. Right. And uh, when are they did, still called out like 
the Illuminati and the trilateral conspiracy. Yeah, really. Just but there. What? What? But you know, Acorn was specifically a group of people trying to help minorities to to better their lives and to vote. Well, and journalist was. I'm sorry. Anytime you see someone screaming about journalist, mm-hmm. it's anti-Semitism. Just yeah. be clear about that. That's what's going on. Well, when uh, I scream about journalist, it's because I wasn't invited. Me neither. <laughs> and Anne, what's her name? <laughs> Anne um, Althouse, yeah. who wanted to search her own name on journalist to find out that. No, no one ever talked about you, Anne. It's okay. No, don't care. <laughs> You're don't boring. Care. We're talking about policy. But one, one of the things that is so um, – again, this is why I just long, long ago wrote these people off as a block, as a cultural dead loss. You know, They're never coming back. They're, they're unsalvageable. They're irredeemable and therefore must be treated as such. You know, We can't um, – there's no conversation to. to have with no, them. There's no, there's no point in having a conversation with them. And, and this latest sort of iteration of that is, I think, hysterical uh-huh. because there's – these are the same – I want to interrupt is, you for one minute and just repeat something you said on an earlier podcast, which you're sure. always willing to have. You give them till the third date, you know, that you, yeah. you're, you're not cutting all Republicans or all no, conservatives no, no. out of the conversation. In fact, we love having conversations with people who have different ideas than ours. You can learn yeah. something. But this Tea Party thug mentality mm-hmm. that is uh, is full of the white supremacist, white male, I'm, I want to be in control at any cost, Lee right. Atwater, you know, resort on a regular basis as the first line of offense – to election fraud, yeah, and lying because that worked, and lying, uh, yeah, and lying. <coughs> Just so li- that's who you're talking on. about. That's who you're talking yeah. about. Well, yeah. and uh, a long, well, many years ago, I, I wrote a, a post called "The Pretty Hate Machine." Yes, yeah, that I was took a classic. A, I did a um, a little. I took a, a diagram of a nuclear reactor and said, you know, this is how the Republican Party works. You have mm-hmm. the the sort of the, the atomic pile, and you have the coolant. Yes, and the coolant yes. are people like David Brooks, who's very calm and reasonable. And you have all these calm, reasonable Republicans who mediate between the the completely um, primal hatred at the heart of the Republican Party and economic policy and voting and so forth. Mm-hmm. And the problem with the GOP is the coolant is now all gone. Yeah. Do you they've, think David Brooks voted for Sarah Palin for vice president? I I I have I have no idea. I probably not. Yeah. Uh, probably not, but uh, his recent columns have been, you know, have very oh, much have been, been awful. I mean, snide, just... vicious attacks on Democrats, the yeah. the elites. Yeah. You know who he sounds like? He sounds like uh, Newt Gingrich. Yeah. You know, it's it's not the uh, the Republicans who are to blame for the upcoming drubbing of the Democrats, which I firmly don't believe is going to happen. Yeah. Um, there's going to be some losses, but I don't believe it's going to be a whooping. Yep. Um, but he's, you know, the Republicans look like they're going to come back in power in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. So David Brooks is now re, 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 rewriting his narrative to suck up to, because he's a parasite. He survives off of, you know, flattering, cozy, ass crack relationships with whoever's in power. Yeah. And yeah. now that it looks like John Boehner might be in power, he's got to suck um, him. He's got to suck him. <laughs> he's got to suck. He's got to <laughs> yeah. slobber on that dick for a while. Yeah, yeah. And you know, he, and he slobbed all over George Bush until it looked like George Bush was going to lose yep. and fail. And then he jumped off that pony and got on Barack Obama. And now he's jumping off of this one and saying, "Well, you know, it's the it's those radical leftist elites 
um, who are smug and and arrogant, who are driven away all the moderates. Well, what no. makes you what makes you no. more angry? Does it does it make you more angry that Barack Obama is so quote unquote centrist, right of center for the for from the perspective of real Democratic Party politics? <laughs> yes. Yes. Or does it make you angrier that Joe Scarborough comes on this morning and says, you know, Barack Obama really needs to move to the center? That's well, really what needs to happen now. There, I, that's a that's that is the central question, isn't it, Blue Gal? Yeah. Because that yeah. and, and the, the the fact of the matter is those two pieces fit together. They fit together like you right, know, like, like a Ebony phone and Ivory. On a- <laughs> like, like <Ebony> and Ivory. <laughs> you know, they really do. And and, and the reason is. That it permits the people like David Brooks and the rest of the people like Dr. him Todd, yep. to continue this absurd narrative that that a party that has moved so far to the right they wouldn't Dwight Eisenhower would not find a home in the modern Richard yeah, Nixon, Nixon would be considered would not. radical absolutely absolutely um, liberal they will not acknowledge that well they and people were talking not. on on the one of my email threads the other day about how Jerry Ford couldn't get. No. Even nominated as vice president, the current Senate would not confirm him because he's too liberal. You know, you'd be and, picking some liberal as vice president. That's not acceptable. And so, my, my great, my great um, upset and disappointment, and what I hope that my president will correct in the next two years is a complete inability on the part of his administration to learn from this yes, fact. Yeah, they walked into a fucking buzzsaw. Yeah, you know, yeah. and one that any liberal could have told them was coming. Yep. And every liberal did. And yep. they didn't listen. They yep. didn't listen. They put Larry Wanna Summers and they inside Guyton, the Beltway. They put all those inside you know they they brought, nice with they brought the, David know. Brooks to the White House nineteen times and told yep. them all and talked to him about Niebuhr and oh isn't that nice and we're gonna play nice. And then he just got his face punched yep. for two years. Yep. And at the end of two years, the idea that the problem with the political process is that Democrats are not centrist, centrist enough. enough. Yeah. That's is the narrative. so seen yeah. and so psychotic yeah. that that the story stops being that that's a story. It starts being, what the hell is the real horrible political agenda, agenda yeah. of yeah. people who push that narrative? You know, yeah. who's paying you? You know, what yep. sort of whore yep. are you that you actually expect people to believe that? Well, and, and the whoredom is that GE didn't pay taxes last year. Mm-hmm. That's that's who's paying is humongous corporations that are not paying taxes because of loopholes and sending jobs to China and getting a tax credit for it. And that's who's paying them. We we know the answer to that question. Everybody yeah. knows the answer to that question. And, and, the, and the, the ground game that keeps these people, keeps corporate you know tax obscenities off headlines and keeps – yeah. You know, GE out of the news and keeps the the takeover of this country by transnationals yeah. the hell out of the news. Yeah, is the Tea Party. Yeah, you yeah. know, let's pay attention to them instead because they're interesting and exciting and kooky and wacky. Yep, and yep. And, and and energized. They're, they're ener- <laughs> no, they're they're Republicans. Yeah, and yeah. and it's and they're it is, and they're now white supremacist Republicans because of the brown man in the White House. So, and you, know, and this, you have to kind of, and and the fact that you have to legitimize that. Is so sad. It's just so sad. Uh, I want to switch gears because we're we're running out of time. Oh my goodness! Uh, already, I know. <laughs> this is the time of the election cycle when it's very easy to get burnt out. Yes, it is burnt out and just be exhausted by 
the whole process. And I, you know, tempers are running high. The the guy in uh, Rhode Island who told President Obama that he could take <laughs> the Democrat in yes. Rhode Island who mm-hmm. told the president that he could take it, take your endorsement and shove it. <laughs> 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 really, because uh, one of Barack Obama's buddies is running, you know, yeah. for for governor as an independent, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And so he's staying out of the. He's just staying out of it. Yeah, he's just staying out of it. And so mm-hmm. Frank Caprio, mm-hmm. you know, how how bad a candidate do you have to be if you if you publicly fight with the president in your own party? Well, he decides you know, not to endorse you. And the ghost of LBJ did not leap from the grave and right, you know, smite right, him, which right, is right, know, right. a sign of how different politics has become. Exactly. It is. It is. But um, one of the things that I thought we would do today is uh, talk about issues. Oh. Get back to issues. Issues. <laughs> issues. Issues? What's that? Yeah, let's, no, let's talk about No, we really need to issues. talk about Christine O'Donnell's virginity for another yeah. half hour. You know, no, yes. I don't think so. Um Esquire magazine did a interesting little exercise. Uh, they invited uh, Lawrence O'Donnell to chair a little committee with former senators Bill Bradley, Bob Packwood, Gary Hart, and John Danforth. Mm-hmm. Both sides of the aisle, old old white guys, yep. to sit down, five of them, <laughs> mm-hmm. to sit down and uh, – and they didn't have Michelle Obama come in and dope slap each one before they did anything else, you know. Uh, come in and talk about how to balance the federal budget in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So that by 2020, mm-hmm. the budget would be balanced, which you would think would be I- it, an ideal thing for people who are obsessed about the deficit and these I- these instant deficit hawks who become deficit hawks the minute – a Democrat is in the White House. You yeah, know, they who didn't suddenly discover the Constitution and the, right, and, the, and the right. Treasury the minute the black guy got into the White yeah, House. Yeah. So, yeah. So here are these four guys plus a reliable Senate staff, former Senate staffer, Lawrence O'Donnell, is in charge of making sure things move along. And they spent three days in the in the in the tomb <laughs> <laughs> and emerged and emerged and emerged uh, mm-hmm. with some with a plan that they say will indeed balance the budget, balance the federal budget in ten years, mm-hmm. and keep some of the stuff that each person wanted. Right, and it, and there was a lot of negotiation back and forth, and what do we mm-hmm. do? And and of course now. You can look at this one of two ways. Either you can say, look, these guys don't have political reality to deal with because they're not in office. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at it as these guys have political reality to deal with because they actually have the freedom to do something, to say, exactly. here's really what needs to happen. Well, it was it's the shadow government. Yeah, yeah. So this, is, yeah. This, is the, this is the uh, virtual government. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is what a little experiment. This is a thought experiment, which yeah. I think the biggest fail of this entire thing is that nobody thought to call it 2020 vision. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Larry, yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell, the writer me, of man. you. Yeah. I can drop this crap out, you know, the, the drop of a hat. <laughs> so it's calling me Lawrence. Call, call me, me Lawrence. Call us Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, you should tweet <clears> that. You should tweet but, that to at Lawrence. That's very good. Well, yeah, well, you know, uh, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody listens to your nobody tweets. Nobody loves really? me. Nobody cares. <laughs> We, <laughs> uh, this was a thought experiment. This, yeah, is, yeah. this, this is like you know uh, uh, Einstein doing a, a thought experiment about relativity. It's it's let's create a small version of what the federal government 
could look like yep. if the people involved in the process really were the responsible, responsive, um, sober, mm-hmm. mature public officials that we all say we want in our government. Yep. Let's make it. Let's not. Let's get rid of the conservative um, lie. Uh, exactly. The conservative axiom that all compromise is evil, yep. and liberals are monsters who want to destroy America. Well, which and, is- and and the Mike Pence things about we need to be responsible about spending, mm-hmm. and so this Esquire group, this 2020 Vision people, <laughs> said we have to cut the defense budget by 40 percent. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! And yep. and the the hawks in the, on this committee, John Danforth, who is not known as nope. being namby pamby on defense, mm-hmm. made a really clear case that we are not fighting World War II anymore, but our military is spending as if that's exactly what the yeah. war the war scene well, looks like. What well, our Cold defense war. needs? We're not, yeah, we're, we're not, not fighting, we're not the, fighting Cold the Soviet war. Union anymore, right. and we never will. No. And, and we're fighting. We're, what that. we are fighting is Afghanistan. We're there right now, and this is the kind of military we need in order to quote unquote succeed. And I'm not going to get into a dove versus right. hawk battle with John Danforth, but right. his point was that if we want, and his perspective is, I want the military to be effective. Yes. Therefore, in order to be effective, they need to spend on these kinds of weapon systems. These kind of military training exercises, this, the military needs to look this way now. It's going to be a lightweight sports car instead of a tank. It's mm-hmm. going to cost less money. That's nice. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be what we need to drive in order to make the military effective yes. for the future. Yes, so, and you know that Fox News is going to come on and say, whichever Democratic president would propose this, he's raping our defense. Oh, yes. You know, he's the a monster. Minute, yeah. So you know, there's a political reality of that. The other thing, the other big news out of this Esquire project was – and by the way, you know, you do know that I subscribe to the tree-killing version of Esquire. Mm-hmm. I just want to <laughs> of course you do. Uh, <laughs> it comes to my single-mom home. Mm-hmm. Um because the politics writing there is so good, it's really one of the best magazines for politics writing out well, there. I, I, and I will, I will only just to, to, before we get off the military portion, mm-hmm. I will quote no less an authority than George Patton, who said, "Fixed fortifications are a monument to man's stupidity." Yeah, yeah. You know the 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 reason you know the reason he was a good slash great general is it was he understood that when warfare changes, it changes. Yes, exactly. You know, and yeah. and the idea that you know when when um, Billy Mitchell tried to pitch the Pentagon on the future of air warfare, you know, they laughed at him and they, they court-martialed him for talking about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a long time for the the people who are completely obsessed with the current technology and how it should, how war should be fought to be swept out of the way yeah. to face yeah. new reality. And, and that's been true forever. Well, and yeah, I'm not upset that the Pentagon spending is lagging behind the way in which war is fought. That no. seems perfectly normal to me. <laughs> but, but, but a recognition that we need to change the way we do defense and it, yep. will, it will as one as one happy circumstance one happy side effect of that is it'll cost a hell of yeah. a lot less than yes. it does now. But of course that means we close bases. Yeah. That means exactly. you know defense plants in 20 states shut down exactly. or have to shift and a to lot less else. money to uh, mm-hmm. Boeing. You know I mean that's where and mm-hmm. Boeing is a 
big, huge part of the Seattle economy. You know, oh, and the Chicago economy, and the Chicago economy. So mm-hmm. you know, this is this is going to cost us in terms of big bad government spending people <laughs> <laughs> that employ all of your neighbors down there in Georgia. Just yeah, so you know. yeah, yeah, and and but the other big item that came out of this, and there there's a lot to read there. So if you're interested, Esquire.com ha- will have a link to this in their when their next issue comes up. A uh, dollar a gallon gasoline tax. Yep. And it phased in over whatever it was. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah. going to cost us too in lots of ways and change the economy. And mm-hmm. again, their point was, and Gary Hart is the one who you know, Mr. Colorado Greens, former senator, said mm-hmm. uh, that this will f- uh, will force us out of our SUVs. Finally, finally, finally. Yeah. To you know, better gas mileage, and people in the end will pay about as much for gas as they do now in their weekly budget because they'll be driving a smaller car. Yeah, it'll affect consumption, mm-hmm. and it will it will yield revenues that we need. And it, it's you know, it's a giant cigarette tax. Yes, it is. Now, here's yeah. this bad habit that's necessary. Here's and this addiction that we all have. We all have this addiction <laughs> to going to the gas station, you know, mm-hmm. and filling up all the time, and it's bad. Yeah. For our lungs, just like cigarettes, and uh, it is necessary. Let's let's be clear about yeah. that. A petroleum economy, as of right now, this minute, is something mm-hmm. we could not get off if we wanted to right, right now. Right. But we have to we have to move ourselves in that direction. We have to start applying the patch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Put, yeah. Putting those petroleum patches on the body politic and weaning ourselves off the habit. Yeah. And the yeah. entire you know the entire corporate complex that runs this country is you know drill baby drill. No no no. no. What we need is just smoke more. <laughs> you know, that's the problem. We don't smoke nearly enough. You know, that is the Seriously. George Will theory of politics. No, yeah. we don't spend enough money in campaigns. Yeah. We need to spend more money on yeah. politics. Right. Um, and, but it's that <laughs> counterintuitive Breitbartian argument that, you know, no, we need to double down on the horribly bad habits we have now. You, 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 you know, you traitor. Yeah, yeah. So you take this argument and put it in the sphere of these, you know, mature legislators. And they come up with some very painful, politically mm-hmm. painful answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I don't know what's going to come of that, but I'm glad that the conversation has started on those well, things. And, and I'm, you know, I see where, you know, a dollar a gallon gasoline tax, if, if implemented right this minute, would unfairly uh, tax the poor. It you would. Know, that really unfairly. And that's, that's a big issue for me. It is a regressive uh, tax. Yes, it is. Thoroughly. And- Thoroughly. It thoroughly would be, and people who you know have to get by on their old cars to to get around, and because they have no alternatives, yeah. really have no alternatives, yes. um, would be unfairly affected. But you phase it in over time, and you sort of get people, you know, thinking about mass transit mm-hmm. and thinking about smaller cars, thinking about carpooling, and you don't slam it all at once, but you get you get moving in that direction, and that's the thing. That's what you know, Jimmy Carter did. Yes. You know, yep. If if we had simply kept in place, you know, half of Jimmy Carter's policies, mm-hmm. we would consume a We'd be like well a third on the less road. oil. Yeah, yeah, but we. But didn't. then we had George Bush for president. So. Then we had Ronald Reagan for president. And Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan took, yeah, who famously took the solar panels off the White off House. The White said, House. Screw yeah. this nonsense. Yeah. Let's have yeah. some. More, let's go invade some countries that have oil in them. Yeah. And that's that's a tragedy. And it's yeah. thirty years we lost that we needed. So, but the idea behind this this article. That you can create sort of a model legislature where this is how it could work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, 
this is this well, is and really that's the thing. If, if you're if you're a deficit hawk screaming about the deficit and screaming about the debt and oh we're taxing our grandchildren, oh we're leaving this t- terrible legacy and we've really got to cut spending, we've really got to cut spending, and then they won't answer a single question about what they'll cut, not mm-hmm. one, not one. Guess not what? One. This is this is your Waterloo right mm-hmm. here. This mm-hmm. is where you're going to cut. And mm-hmm. and I think one of the other things that I came away with in reading this article is a much longer view. If you're looking 10 years out and then you start looking 50 years out mm-hmm. and realizing that getting the baby boom from retirement to the grave, and I hate to put it that way, mm-hmm. but once again, there's this huge bubble passing through yes. the the system of America. <laughs> like, a, like I said, like a cow through an anaconda. Like a th- cow through an anaconda. Conda, and it's generational. It's Demography is destiny. That's what we historians always say. You know, if the people are there, that's what determines the historical path. Mm-hmm. And getting that baby boom from retirement to the grave is something that we as a nation have to do. It's temporary. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's, it's something that the boomer generation doesn't want to hear. Look, you guys aren't going to be around 40 years from now. Mm-hmm. But, Really, that is the case. That is the case. Mm-hmm. You know, those of us who are in our, you know, pushing fifty. Happy birthday, Drift Glass! By the Thank way. Thank you, Blue Gal. Thank happy you. Happy birthday to. I'm not going to do my Marilyn Monroe <laughs> impersonation for you. Um, <laughs> I'd have About, to sew myself into my dress first. But <laughs> well, I, I got to say, there's a thousand guys out there who just said, "Damn it!" That's okay. <laughs> but l- l- well, let me give you let me give you an exact analogy without. Revealing too much personal detail, yeah, uh, but I think is, is right on point. I once worked for an organization where the senior management of that organization took a, a buyout package, uh. took early retirement, mm-hmm. and there were let's say this is not an exact number because I want to keep the details fuzzy, but mm-hmm. there were let's say ten people in the senior executive team. I was one of them, mm-hmm. and seven of them all retired on the same day. Wow, and so. You were too the, young to retire. I, was, I mean, oh, oh, by a lot. I was, yeah. I was too young, and I and it was not offered to me. And it was, you know, this was a a, a saving. You know, we're gonna we'll we'll fill out your pension. We'll mm-hmm. do this and that. You had this demographic divide. You had the people who were who were looking forward to early retirement, mm-hmm. and we spent the next six months talking about you know going away parties. Yeah. And yeah. where are we going to have it? And it should be really awesome. We should do this and we should do that. And, you know, if you can buy extra days, can you buy extra days? And, and it was – and the three of us who were going to be left behind to run the place more or less mm-hmm. were like, shouldn't we talk about next year's budget and the fact that we're going to be cut and et cetera, et cetera? And the answer was, nah, not really. Nah, that doesn't interest me. What interests me is – My going away party. Yes. Let's make the going away party the best, awesomest thing ever. And we rent a hotel suite for the yeah. going away party. Yeah, you know. And they were the majority. Going to be catered. <laughs> they were the majority. So Did we, you have we, catered going away parties? We had, we, had an, we had an awesome going away party, but they spent every dime in the budget. Yeah. Yeah. That was set aside for, you know, picnics and birthday parties and yada yada, all blown on one big, yeah. you know, going, going out guns blazing because they were the majority. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and when it turned out that they weren't going to be there anymore, yeah. they suddenly lost most interest in the ongoing good order and discipline of the organization. And that is a got, perfect analogy for what's happening in politics it is. today. And these were not bad people. Yeah. These people really were nice people, but they, they lost all interest in 10 years from now. Yeah, well, and and losing all interest in, you know, 
taxes for education. And yeah. why do it, I care? And it gets, but it gets to the point where don't these people have children and grandchildren? La, or la, maybe la. maybe they don't. I mean, a lot of them don't, I suppose. But mm-hmm. I, it's funny we're storytelling now. Yeah, but yeah. my car was being serviced, and the guy who serviced my car, and I went. I try to go to independent local mechanics uh, who are recommended read, to me. Read communists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the guy who owned the shop, who was uh, 63, 64 years old, uh, gave me a ride home because my car was going to be at the shop all day. And he gave me a ride home, and we're talking about our kids and kids this and kids that. And he has two grown children, 23 and 27, who both live at home. Mm-hmm. And of course they do, because their generation doesn't have any money or any right. job or any right. re- retirement benefits or any health care or any anything. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there talking to me about his 27-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really have nothing to complain about because he pays for his gas, he pays for his car insurance, and he pays for his cell phone. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just shocked because my dad had me when, I, when he was 27, and he owned a home, and he mm-hmm. had a job with benefits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the generational that shift that has happened between ni- – and, and my dad was, was lost generation. You know, he was born – 36, so, you know, way before the baby boom, mm-hmm. and and too young to serve in World War II. So, you know, this, this generational shift of expectations for our kids. This, and it's radical. It's a radical kids. shift. You know, these, this is your kid. Mm-hmm. And isn't, you know, your 27-year-old kid should be out there starting a family. This is the time. Mm-hmm. Starting yet, a business, starting a family. Starting a family, starting a business, having building the American dream for himself. Now, well, you know, I, I have nothing to complain about because he mm-hmm. pays for his cell phone and his car insurance and his gas. Mm-hmm. And that's it? That's yep. it? Yep. And you have nothing to complain about? That's it? Mm-hmm. So I, I really wonder about what is going on with uh, – the retirees that are complaining about, you know, don't let Obamacare take away my Medicare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. Just but in yeah. ridicule. Yeah. But if it, if it comes down to, you know, it's all about me and my economic needs. And we're all tuned into that radio station, WIIFM. What's in it for me? <laughs> um, <laughs> But and we all are. I mean, I am as much as anyone else. And and one of the reasons I care so much about education spending is I have three kids in public school. So of course it's about me and my kids. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm selfless in this regard. Well, and I would like to point the uh, our entire listenership to a wonderful post Blue Gal did this week, oh. entitled something like "We already have a social contract." We already have a contract with America. We already, I got your contract with America right here. That's yeah. what it's called. We already have a contract with America. Yeah, it's called Social Security. It's called Veterans Benefits. It's, it's called uh, the Clean Air Act. It's, it's called Medicare. It's, it's, you know, we have a contract with America, and the Republican Party wants to rip up that contract and give everything to corporations. Yes. So the good, with the their with their pledge, you know, that's their pledge. And if you're stupid enough to vote for them, yeah. You know, this is this is part of the the this is bringing us full circle. I think to the to the problem of the that demographic that not 
all boomers, but the people yeah. who are in the Tea Party, who are of that age. Yeah, the Tea Party the, boomers. Yeah. The, the once they, you know, once they fell below a certain threshold of of an infinite capacity to lie to themselves mm-hmm. about their own past. Yeah. You know, yeah. about the good old. Well, the good old days. You remember had a ninety five percent marginal tax rate, right. unions, and lefty presidents. And you Jerry Brown was that? governor of California. Yeah. You don't remember any of that, really? You don't remember any of that. <laughs> Of course they don't. Of yeah, course they yeah. don't, because it's inconvenient to remember the actual facts of yeah. history on the ground. So they remember what they want to remember. And I have I have relatives who I love dearly who don't remember anything about the fact that they owe their their wealth and their position to, to government benefits to and unions yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. They don't remember yeah. that at all. They discount it completely, mm-hmm. and they just go blithely past that. And yeah. the, the ability to forget, the strategic ability to to brainwash themselves. Uh, about their own past and this country's past and what works and what doesn't and what's true and what's not is is the at the core of their thinking mm-hmm. and and since they can do that infinitely just as i've said a um, hundred times before that whatever that crap is in the etch a sketch is what's in their head yeah, yeah. You know, they shake shake shake, shake and they forget yep. everything they forget mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and the, the reason they hate liberals so much is we keep reminding them of this inconvenient past and these inconvenient realities that they don't want to remember and what they voted for yeah you voted, voted for this for? war you voted for this war we're in we were voted, voted for that yeah you, you voted know. for this and you voted for this 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 trajectory for 30 years, you've been yeah. voting for this for your entire adult life, and now, now, now it has blown up in your face, and you want to find hippies, women, and brown people to blame for your fuck up. Yeah. And they, and the more you remind them of that, the angrier they get, mm-hmm. because the 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 alternative is if they have to turn around and face that fact, they have betrayed the mm-hmm. future generations of this country yeah. brutally. Mm-hmm. They have they have literally sold their children's heritage for a mess of Reaganomics. Well, that's it. They've they've sold their their child's ability to own a home. Yes. For, because Ronald, for their their creepy right wing ideology. Yep. Yep. And, yep. and 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 they the, have nothing to complain about because he's paying for his own cell phone bill. So <laughs> you know, really that's that's all you want for your kid. And and until you they Just, until they go to the grave. As you pointed out, this is our Halloween show, so it should be spooky. <laughs> until they, you know, until they march into the ground, they're going to keep lying to themselves, yeah. and they're never going to stop because there's an entire political, media, and religious machinery on the right that's incredibly well funded by the very billionaires who are screwing these people that preach to them every day that. It's not your problem. It's not your fault. It's the dirty hippies. It's yeah. those women. It's those brown people. And they make a, a, fa- a lot of money doing, you know, on a billion dollar scale, what every snake oil salesman used to do off the back of a wagon, which is sell these people poison mm-hmm. and then turn right around and sell them the same poison as the cure for the poison they just sold them. Yep. And well, and, and I guess, I guess the one consolation is that their children rebel. Yeah. Yes, and they do. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for that. And on that note, <laughs> on that note, we want to thank our listeners, and we especially want to thank those listeners who wrote us this week about our "It Gets Better" video. We got a lot of email from young people, teenagers, college students, etc., that were so full of meaning and revelation, and we're just really grateful to you for writing us. Our email address is proleftpodcast at gmail dot com. And uh, for our Thanksgiving show, we're going to have a email show where we read your emails on the air, and we look forward to that. We have a website where you can listen to past episodes for free. That website is professionalleft.blogspot.com. At that website, there is also an opportunity for you to drop some money in the hat. Five bucks is fine. Any amount is great. 
Don't forget that this weekend is Drift Glass's birthday. Yay! <laughs> he's yeah. having he's having a fundraiser at his blog too. And and happy birthday, Draft Glass. I mean that. Thank you. And I, I urge you all to come over, if nothing else. Um, you, you know, you're always welcome to come over for free because that's the essence of blogging. Yes, it but, is. Uh, but I, I have cut up a story I wrote a few years ago that it will never sell anywhere. It's a wonderful on, story. On on how it's a science fiction story, a real genuine science fiction story written in the style of Edgar Allan Poe that explains how Edgar Allan Poe met his horrible fate. Yes, it's a lovely which, Halloween birthday. <laughs> <laughs> display of the talent of Drift Glass as a fiction writer as well as a blogger. So. Thank you, Blue Gal. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. How are the Internet kitties doing? Are they doing anything special for you for your birthday? No, fuck my birthday. They're dressing <laughs> up as John Boehner, and they're going to go from house to house on Halloween begging for tax breaks. podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Drift Glass Blue Gale Podcast. On our next podcast, Happy you can Happy birthday to you. Yes, 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 yes. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Drift Glass. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Blue Gal. Now let's play ball.